0: the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Do you wish growing a business was easier? Are you feeling frustrated that it's taking so long to make your first 100K? I used to feel the same way until I discovered the one thing that was missing. It wasn't more marketing tips or strategies. It wasn't reading more business books and it wasn't learning more stuff. I could show you what's holding you back and blocking your success if you like. Typical side effects include higher income, peace of mind, loving relationships, real connection with God, freedom from addictions, purpose, fulfillment, and a brand new lifestyle. It all starts by scheduling a spiritual clarity call with me to get clarity on what you want right now in your life and to see if we wanna work together. Visit josephwarren.net forward slash possibilities to learn more. That's josephwarren.net forward slash possibilities. Today, my featured guest is Joe Trotten. He has been in the entrepreneurial mindset space for the last six years. And he's worked with over 300 entrepreneurs at every stage of business. He now works specifically in the post-startup, pre-scale niche, uh, a place where entrepreneurs are often fight so hard to get to, but then they require a total rethinking approach um, to how they're gonna grow their business. So you have like this whole like belief system mindset uh, that you create to get over the 100K mark. You start to build your, your team and then you become, you go from entrepreneur to entrepreneurial leader. Well, there's a whole new set of mindset disciplines that you have to develop. So that's really where Joe uh, specializes in. Uh, strategy he believes is essential, but mindset is the single biggest factor in success for entrepreneurs, he says. His work is about linking the neuroscience of mindset development to practical actions designed to challenge the blockers between entrepreneurs and their next level of leadership. If you want to become a great leader, Startup Nation, of course you do. Why wouldn't you? Look at the alternative. It sucks. Mediocrity. So if you want to become a great leader, if you want to build the team to achieve great things, then you have to understand your mindset, your mindset stop trying to figure out other people and change other people. Do the work on your inner self. That's what we're all about. So you can find Joe Trotten at MindsetExperts.co.uk. So as you've heard, he's overseas. He's on the other side of the pond. We're talking with him today. Okay. MindsetExperts.co.uk. Joe Trotten, welcome to your first 100K. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Hey there, uh, Joseph. It's great to be on
1: the program. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, I think that the key thing to highlight first is just about what mindset actually means. So mindset for me is not a, a yoga pose on an Instagram post, you know, with the sun coming up. Those things are lovely, right? But And I love a good quote as much as the next person. But mindset is about your full cognition. You know, mindset is how you perceive the world and how you react to it and that's in every circumstance. So it is about your leadership, your communication style, your appetite for risk, everything that's wrapped up into your neural networks is what I'm talking about when I talk about mindset. And the difference to making it or not is the depth of understanding that you have of what's going on up there.
0: So what I'm hearing you say, it's kind of like the pair of sunglasses that I wear when I go outside, is what, what is the lens that I look at the world through? Is that sure. correct? Sure. That's my mindset, Absolutely. right?
1: Yeah. And how do you interpret that to then take action on the back of it?
0: Yeah. So here's the problem, right? I see, especially with uh, you know my coaching clients, is that we've all been through some hurts and wounds in our childhood and brokenness and everything, right? So we have these lenses we look at life with that have scratches in them. They got like smudges sure. of mud on it and just filth and everything in which tr- and we're trying to interpret the world around us through this brokenness and it doesn't work so what do we do because to us it's the only thing we have so we must be right and everybody else must be wrong
1: i don't know that i would um fully agree with like the, the you know these the broken um lenses and the smudges and stuff like that you know i think that I mean, if we're going to stick with that analogy, I would certainly just be looking through the parts where there is clarity, you know? <laughs> it's all about playing to your strengths. I mean, seeing in that analogy, I don't know if you know what kintsugi is, but it's a Japanese principle. And it came from them breaking a bowl. So somebody would break a bowl in ancient Japan, and the repair job was like these horrible big staples. So they changed that and used this gold um, mm-hmm. sort of filler instead. And it became... A, a, a mark of beauty, you know a, a sign that this had been through something um, so I, I think you can take those those learning experiences, but it's it 's about focusing on your uh, your superpowers you know your your key unique abilities, doubling down on those, and the stuff that you suck at, stop doing it you know I know that 's not easy to say when you 're a solopreneur right there are things that you 'll have to do that you hate, but your your strategy should be what is the first point in my life? where I am not doing that stuff anymore. And I wonder sometimes if people position their thinking in that way.
0: I agree with you. And by the way, thanks for that pushback. That was a test, by the way. So I really like the 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 Japanese, the the cracks, they fill with gold. And yeah. actually, the more cracks, the more beautiful it is, right? And we use that to look at our own lives and say, Hey, with all this brokenness, I don't want to just stay in the brokenness just because I had it. I was born into X, Y family. I went through this. I didn't choose all that, but what am I going to do with it now? And that's really the decision there is like, okay, do I want to just look at my life as, this broken mess. I'm just all in pieces. Or do I want to put some gold into it and really get the beauty of that? So I love that metaphor. Um, Before we get into your personal story, go ahead and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know.
1: I own a Mariah Carey album. Not many people (laughs) would know that.
0: Uh, (laughs) that was vulnerable (laughs) that was vulnerable you own a mariah carey album yeah not very few men would be proud of that Uh, and i i have
1: been moved by her live performance of uh hero which i have watched probably 50 or 60 times um I know we talked before about worldwide distribution rights, but I wonder now actually if we could retract the offer for uh, you to retain those and keep this between us.
0: Um, oh, yeah, this that, is out there, buddy. This is, this is public <laughs> now. That's something. But,
1: you know, in, in terms of, you know, the, the vulnerability on the journey, man, like there's, there's always doubt, you know, there's always doubt about am I doing uh, the right things? Is this... You know, is this good enough? There's always a challenge in my head about like, you know, the the good enough. And as soon as something's done, I'll see a way it can be better. And then because I can see that, I'll hang on to it for too long, you know? Mm. Um, so I, I go through like those those types. That's part of the problem and mindset. My mindset, that's not, um, everybody doesn't have that problem. And I'd say a lot of the greatest entrepreneurs don't either because they're not afraid to just break and move and, you know, keep going like that. Um, so certainly I would say, you know, something that I work on is hanging on to things for um,
0: for too long. That's definitely a challenge for, mm. for me. Thank you for being real about that. And I think at, at many times, many of us wrestle with that one. I know I personally did in my entrepreneurial journey. And one of the biggest breakthroughs I had was sometimes good enough is good enough. Sure. Minimal sure. viable product, just get it out there, test it, see what happens, then make iterations, right? And, and constantly yeah. improve.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's, the, it's the degree to which, because the, 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 the platitude about, like, there's somebody saying that your first product should embarrass you. Well, I just can't subscribe to that, you know? Like, I don't want to yeah. be that. That's not how I want to do it, you know? So it's, it's always trying to kind of find that line. The best way to do it is deadlines, you know? Set deadlines, get accountability, and then it's just got to be done. So when you understand your own mindset, I won't miss a deadline. You know, that's just part of who I am. So that means that stuff went out. So it's about, that's what I mean about the depth of understanding. If you understand like how you work and where you're strong, where you can double down, where you get in your own way, you can use a practical strategy to get around
0: it. So I like that, right? So you're pointing out your specific superpower right there is you always hit your deadlines no matter what. So what I'm hearing is that when it comes to integrity, you are your word in the matter. People can always count on your 100%. word. Is that correct? Yeah. 100%, yeah. Yeah, see, that's brilliant right there. And, and I think in business, especially here in the States, like people do not keep their word. It's, really have- it's epidemic, brother. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. Like how are you successful, some of you? Like <laughs> I don't get it. Why do people keep paying you? You don't keep your word in the matter. Like I wouldn't keep paying you. But listen- each their own. All right, let's get into it. See, 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 sorry, mate. See, just a really quick point on that. This is what I mean about
1: the depth, and you raised a really good um, perspective there. So because I know I have that integrity value, that is stronger to me than my fear of the perfectionism. So this is what I mean about that balance, you know, because keeping my word is more important than the embarrassment of something that isn't perfect. If you know yourself at that deeper level, you can start to, you know, manage your life, thinking in those ways rather than like hanging on to some now I miss a deadline and now I feel doubly bad and it's all about like if you understand yourself you can put the practical things in place and I just wanted to touch on that because you, you saw very well into that about the integrity as the driver so you find your strongest driver and use that as your north star to battle through all of these other blockers that you put in your own road
0: I like that. So, how many of these core values should you really build your entrepreneurial life upon? Is it one? Is it two? Is it three? What do you recommend? Five. Five is good,
1: Um, and you can do that as a a values hierarchy. So, I would get you know, if if you don't know what they are off the top of your head, sometimes it's a a list. It's quite good just to look at you know, just Google a list of values. And when you've got them, you can just play them off against each other. So you pick your five and don't overthink it. You know, like go with your instinct because that's your truth. Don't go, oh, but really, is that going to help me in my entrepreneur? Like you've just got to be yourself. It's the only way you're going to make it. And then you compare sort of, you know, one value against the next and see which one comes out on top and the next one against the next, see which one comes out on top. So ultimately, you end up with a, a values hierarchy. So, like mine's, you know, in, in, um, integrity, progress, achievement. So, when you're looking at those, you can say integrity's got to come first. And then, is this going to actually help me to make progress? Well, I'm, I'm going to do it regardless of what the pain is. You know, so my things are, are pretty much. It's all really about like moving forward, decisiveness. You know, it's all about moving forward always. And mm. if that means hurting somebody's feelings, I'll still do it because I've got. I want to make progress. Like the progress is more, don't get me wrong. I'm not a monster, but I'm just saying, you know, there are certain things that I'm like, if this is, there's two good options, so how do I make my decision? I've got to stay
0: true to my values. I agree with that so much. Otherwise, you get distracted with all the shiny objects. You start saying yes to things that are outside of your integrity or outside of your values. And before you know it, you're like, oh, I'm killing it in business, but I'm going home miserable.
1: Yeah, don't, don't do what's that. What's the point? Don't. Don't do that. And, uh, you know, people who do that type of thing, and that's that's quite an easy trap in the early stages about taking something because you need the money or you think you need the money. But And I've done it, you know, and invariably it ends up, it takes much longer than you think, you don't enjoy the work, they're not a good client, and its it, it hasn't, you've not made any money off it, right? It's cost you too much emotional pain. I did that early on in my entrepreneurial journey. I don't know that I would say that it broke my values, but possibly around some of them with like progress because I felt like we're not getting anywhere. So now I just turned down clients where I think we're just not going to be able to do the things here together.
0: I get that. And Startup Nation, I just want to give you another approach as well. These are two questions that I've used and I've shared on the show before is just simply ask if you're looking to come up with your values because there's so many values out there, it's like, which are your top ones, right? That could be a little daunting sometimes. I recommend just simply ask these two questions. What do you stand for? What will you absolutely not stand for? Those are your questions. It just sharpens the sword right there. And, And just get very clear, very black and white. Like what are the things you will not budge on, they are black and white. There's no 50 shades of gray in between, right? Black, white. That's it. Those are your values. That's what Joe's talking about. Joe, would you agree with that? Yeah.
1: A hundred percent. Like, and trust yourself. Like I say, when it's easy to go, Oh, I am this and this and this, and I want to be this and this and this. Um, don't do that. Like just pick some core ones. I do actually ask people to pick an explore one, you know, something that they're maybe not, but they're, they're just drawn to it in some way. So then when I work with clients, you know, like fearlessness and stuff can come up and more courage. Um, then we'll work out, well, what's the action to develop that? To try it on, to see if that actually does feel like it's you. And if it is, great. And if it isn't, let's drop it, you know?
0: Brilliant. So, Joe, before we go into your top three tips and strategies, because Startup Nation is waiting for that, they have their pen and paper out there <laughs> ready to implement. But before we go there, I want you to kind of give us, um, with some of the clients that you've worked with and are working with, what is the difference uh in behavior or mindset between the ones that are struggling to get over the 100k or they quit before and the ones that actually do and far exceed it
1: okay so i've worked with uh, over 300 entrepreneurs at all different stages of business and a lot in that startup field now the, the ones in the in the early days if you think you've got the plan right off the bat you're wrong and if you can't adapt to the market to what's happening, you're not gonna make it right. And you should you should just get a job, maybe a job in a startup, but unless you can handle that chaos and being punched in the face repeatedly, coming off plan, being fully adaptable, um don't do it because it'll be incredibly painful for you. Now you'll have I'm not saying that that's the universal truth. I'm just saying this is what I see. Um, and there's a lure of entrepreneurship and a shine around it like it's some panacea, but actually you know, it's, it's just about what actually makes people happy, right? So you've got you've got that initial phase of like the, the the chaos, being able to cope with that chaos. But then you do need the right people around you to almost reverse that as you start to approach some of these boundaries. You know, if you're looking at that 100K, and certainly if you're building any kind of team, you've got to put structure around it. And it may not be, well, it probably isn't. In my experience, it isn't you that can do that. You know, if you're that mindset that can deal with that, the opportunity hungry, let's just take things, let's see what happens, you know, if something doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Once you start to get to the figures that you're talking about and really pushing beyond that, that mindset is not going to serve you. Now, where it does serve you is if you can focus it in the right place. So if you can build up and create this foundational structure beneath you that's going to roll in that 70, 80k or whatever, and then be able to look outward again look at like what's the next level up in terms of that opportunity where's the next area of chaos but always building with that foundation underneath that's how you can make it through some of these um sort of revenue thresholds but if you don't start to build that structure and when you're getting to the 70 100 the reason that it's not happening for you is because you are still spinning about too much you're using the power that your mindset has got in the wrong place. You're almost looking backwards rather than forwards because nothing is structured. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And that's explained a lot of my past failures. So thank you for that, pointing that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. It was I was that guy you're just describing, right? I'm the risk taker. I'm the visionary. I see yep. it. Let's go. Everybody go. Yep. And, and then I'd have all the pragmatic guys around me like, whoa, hold on. We got to build processes. We have to build sure. systems. We have to stabilize what we, what's already working before we start risking it all. Yep. And they're, they're right. Absolutely right. And when I listened to those people around me, those were my successful businesses.
1: Sure. Sure. You've, this is the thing about, you know, there's a lot of stuff around... People try to teach an entrepreneur to do that, and you can't. Like, you go to, if you're that visionary, charismatic, visionary leader, then you are wasting your superpower by trying to then put all of those structures in yourself. Like, you need the right support around you to do it. You can't go to a class and say, now think another way. It's like teaching somebody who's really structured and rigid, well, here, go to a few entrepreneur classes, and now you can be a visionary entrepreneur. Well, you can't, because that's not how your head is wired. And the, the challenge sometimes is that the leader, and what I've seen is that once the leader then turns that kind of opportunity-hungry um, lens back inward, they end up creating more chaos in their business, because they, they start to overcomplicate things or look for an opportunity in some tiny space when they should be facing the other way and looking out and building that team around the back of them. So often talk about when you're building that team out, yes, the skills are important, but you need people who think differently to you and you may not even like them that much because they are different to you, but it's the mindset they bring and how you can actually unleash this. It's a key part of transitioning to the entrepreneurial leader.
0: So to clarify, Joe, what I'm hearing you say is that we need each other and we need to embrace each other's differences and not try to make each other into ourselves.
1: Sure. If your team, if the people on your team are all your friends, you have built the wrong team, you know? Say that again, would you? That that was important. If the people who are on your team are all your friends, you have built the wrong team.
0: That's powerful. Why is that?
1: Because you, you are always going to be drawn to like people who are a bit like you, you know, and the people who are on your team, they you should be able to really grate against each other. And the primary focus there should be what you're actually there to achieve, not the relationship of you know the friendship thing that is there. D- don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about being cold, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about what's the basis of that relationship? Is it to achieve the goal of the, the organization or is it to have a friendship? And if you want to be super successful, it's, it's not the friendship basis.
0: So Startup Nation, don't go hiring your beer buddies. That's, that's not your team. Don't yeah. do it. Joe, that, that, that was a brilliant insight, by the way. So Startup Nation, just to repeat that again, if the people on your team are all your friends, meaning they're very similar to you, you kind of hired a, a lot of duplicates, then you've built the wrong team. You really want people who think differently, see the world differently to challenge your own thinking, keep you on track. And also in that friction is where growth happens. The same way when you work out at the gym, it's the friction that causes the growth of the muscles, right? Similar in your business. So Joe, let's shift this for a second. Startup uh, Nation has been waiting patiently, bro. (laughs) Patiently for your top three tips and strategies that you use to make your first 100,000 plus. What do you got for them? So the key thing is there's a lot of talk about,
1: the first one is about vision. Like, There's a lot of talk about vision and vision is so important but you've got to have something that I call a peak point on your strategic roadmap. What I mean by that is I work with businesses and because they are like visionary, charismatic entrepreneurial leaders, the big vision is like global company, for example. You know, like a global travel business, right? But see when you're trying to explain that to a team or you're trying to sharpen up the plan to that, there are so many unknowns that it becomes unworkable. You know, like how are we actually going to do that, right? So the peak point is a key point on your strategic roadmap that you can see and you can defend the route to. So if you look at that travel company, it was to be the UK's number one travel company. Because we understand that. We know how travel works. We know how we acquire our customers. We know what the uh, margin is going to be on these tours. What we don't know is, you know, how do you run a franchise opportunity in France? Or, you know, what's the German structure, the tax structure for rolling out there? We don't know any of that stuff. And if you talk about the big vision to everybody, as an entrepreneur, you can kind of see that, but investors are going to ask you really tricky questions that you can't answer because you're telling them that's what you're doing. Your team are going to go, I don't know where my position is in any of this, but I'm losing the thread. So just make sure there is a peak point there that everybody can see and explain, and everyone on your team can say that back to you so that you go, yeah, that's exactly where we're trying to get to. If you, if you go too far, you will lose everyone. And I'm not just talking about a milestone, I'm talking about a critical point in your business where you could almost stop and go, right, this is actually a business. Hmm. Does that make sense?
0: That does make sense. And, and, and I think that it's very important because a lot of people can't see the vision of the, the CEO or the leader. Well, the founder, they can't see it. Again, they're wired differently. So if it's too far out, it becomes overwhelming. They don't see their place in it, their value in it, and they tap out. So I really get that. I like that you're saying, hey, create a peak point in your business, not too far out, that's very plausible, that everybody can see. And it's a defining moment for the business, yes?
1: Yeah, and everybody knows it. Yeah, good point. Defining It's a defining point for the business. It's typically, depends where you are on your journey. Earlier on, it could be six, could be 12. It's typically not more than 18, though. And the challenge, again, for this charismatic leader is that they people will just say, yeah, I get it, you know, because they don't want to look stupid or, you know, they think, well, you're the leader and you know what you're doing. Everybody has to be able to describe what that is. You know, the same the language might be slightly different but everybody is looking at exactly the same picture and how that works on that day you know you pick that on that day in 12 months time here's exactly what this business looks like dave this is what you're going to be doing sarah this is what you're going to be doing sarah just tell me what everybody's doing on this team that that level of clarity about where they're going to get to so important
0: wow I can see that as such a healthy conversational conversations to have with your team. All right. What's your number two top tip strategy? The second thing, if
1: you are trying to get over, um, you know, sort of a, a cash barrier is really to look at your model and think about serving the clients that you have better. Too often what I see is a principle of, you know, the, there is some offer and then that's what goes out to clients and they're trying to acquire more and more clients that way. But sometimes it's about who loves us? You know, who's the super fan? Now, this isn't about like diversifying your business so that you're doing anything that that person needs, right? <clears throat> but there tends to be, if you, the further you go down your entrepreneurial journey, if you have the focus, the better you become and the deeper you can serve certain clients. So even the travel company there, we're looking at, you know, are there ways that they would go way more with us? Is there a higher level of service that they would be looking for? like to really focus, because you've already got them, like acquiring the customers, getting the attention is so hard. See at the start, if there's listeners at the start of the journey, I'm sorry to break this to you, but nobody cares what you're doing. Like you could, you could have the the cure for broken arms and people are walking by you with broken arms going, "Eh, no, it's, it's okay, it's okay. Like there are so many factors just to get attention. So think about when, you are at, when you've got those, those customers, think about, can I serve them at a deeper level? Um, and I do that a lot with coaching clients as well. I don't really want people for just short coaching interventions, you know. I, I like to get right on the inside and be the missing part of the, the brain for that lead entrepreneur, for somebody who really excites me to work with, you know, really use my superpowers at the highest possible level. So tip number two there. Think about that existing client base, and can you serve them in a deeper way, a more meaningful way? It'll upskill you, and it'll give you more revenue.
0: I like it. What's your number three?
1: Three is about um, acquisition channels. Um, And again, it just depends where the guys are on their journey, but certainly in that early stage... this whole thing about like oh you have to be everywhere, you know you have to be on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and you know some some person will come in and run a marketing workshop and say you have to be on all of these social media channels and you have to be posting five times a day blah blah blah. I'm not buying it, you know I'm not buying it. Um, you
0: just you just totally uh, took out Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm just saying, man. Well, if it, look <clears throat> if it works for him, cool. But, see, if you look
1: at his, his content, and I'm sorry about this, Gary, but, like, he says, oh, you you know, you can take a bit from here, you can chop it, and you can use that, and you can put it out there. I don't think you can. Like, for me, that doesn't work, because it sometimes he's got, like, a 20-minute video, and there's there's two minutes of good stuff in it. Well, I'm not watching 20 minutes, do you know? I actually think he's changed quite substantially. His transition has been quite interesting to watch around his kind of the hustle, 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 which is important. But now he's saying, like, actually, there are bigger and more important things. And you've still got to do the work, but there are different ways to do it. I just see that you should want to own a space. Like, my clients aren't on Facebook. Maybe they are, but they're not on Facebook because they're looking for me. They're on Facebook for whatever, you know, some sort of impulse buy or to connect with people. They're not there for what I'm there to do. Instagram doesn't, you know, I could put some models on a, who cares, do you know? But you want to go, so I double down on LinkedIn. That's a, a key um, channel for me. And with the clients, you know, I've got other things. It's like, why would you put stuff on LinkedIn? Or this is highly visual. Why are you not just doubling down on Instagram and build that following there? I just think you need, you or, or whatever it is, networking events. Here's a, here's a good example. So if you look at my business, I am not a good networker, right? Because I am a super intense dude. But I want the first conversation to be, hey, tell me about your most painful childhood memory. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to get to that level straight away. Um, yeah, there you go. I don't, I don't want to do the fluff. And I appreciate the importance of the fluff. Because people want to build relationships, right? doesn't suit me. So I have to use my authority to give people good snippets of information on LinkedIn. I get booked in to do like masterclasses and I can pick people up like that. Networking is a total waste of time. So really think about what you, and that's just, that's for beyond freelancers. Really think about your key acquisition channel and and hammer it. Own it, focus on it, learn everything about it, and stop trying to um, spread yourself really thin. I'll tell you what will kill your business. If somebody goes on your Twitter feed because they use Twitter a lot and it's dead, you know, and there's no post there or there's like virtually nothing for the last three months, it totally damages your credibility. But if they go on your, and they say, okay, well, there's no Twitter feed, are they on LinkedIn? My God, look at all of this content that's on LinkedIn, you know, look at all the quality stuff that's here. So yeah, acquisition channels, really think about where are you going to find your customers and how are you going to do it as an entrepreneur?
0: That is huge, huge, huge feedback, Startup Nation, from Joe Trotten we're speaking with. Um, You can find him at mindsetexperts.co.uk. And Joe, for Startup Nation that finds themselves on multiple distribution channels right now, they're on LinkedIn, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're, they don't have enough time in the day to post to everywhere. So their quality of content has been diminished, right? Because they're stretched too thin in their social marketing. What, what do they do right now to shut down the rest? Is that what you're saying? Like pick the one, identify your key acquisition channel and then shut down those other ones so that it doesn't ruin your reputation? This way you're focused when people come to that one channel, they're going to see all the great stuff and not have question marks when they go to those other channels. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would, and look, this is, this is only my perspective. You could have another guest on tomorrow saying, Hey, what was Joe talking about? That was insane. But I'm just saying that in my experience, if you don't, if you don't like being on Facebook, that energy is going to transmit across what you're doing there. You know, I don't like being on Facebook, for example. I just, I I feel it's just full of like, Trivial dross. Now that's my own opinion, but I just don't like it, right? So it doesn't suit me as a channel. I don't want to be there. Um, And if you go and look at a channel and it's dead, it hurts your credibility. And it's not just social media. Do you know? It's like the whole thing about the networking events or speaking engagements. Like these, these things are not easy to get. Like a speaking engagement, they're not easy to get. Um, But if you Spend your time. Hey, I'm not going to go networking because I don't like that. I'm better at speaking. So I'll join a speakers association and use my time there. Or, you know, I'm going to go to a a trade event because that's the key acquisition channel for me. The point being, you'll be told you need to have this multi-channel offer of, you know, spread yourself across 20 things. See if you're sub 100K, there is no chance you're doing that well. Zero. See if you're doing that now, guys. <laughs> I guarantee you, you're not doing that well. So yeah, focus down. And I would just shut them down. I just shut them down completely. Because I've had people say, oh, I'll follow you on Twitter um, when that channel was live. And nothing's happening there, man. Nothing's happening. So I just killed it. Um, just shut it down.
0: And it didn't negatively impact your business by shutting down those other channels?
1: No, because like when I, if you look at me personally, I can't put out great content in that space. Do you know what I mean? Like I, can't, I can put out stuff that other people are putting out or some sort of uncontextualized snippet. It just doesn't suit what my offer is, do you know? Like LinkedIn suits me, short videos. Put, I can put stuff out there. I feel I can explain and give value, not just give something that is very transient, you know? Um, and it just depends how your offer works. If you're about giving people quick lifts uh, or there's like a one-line bang tip you can give people, use Twitter. You know, but just think about your audience and think about yourself. What is your superpower? How do you want to communicate? Everything you put out, you have to feel is adding value. If you're using any channel just to be present on it, you are wasting your time.
0: Mm. Startup Nation, are you being challenged the way I'm being challenged by Joe right now? Because I'm feeling like getting off this show and shutting down some of my social media channels, just to be real. I, because I feel the pain. I feel what he's saying. And I know you do as well. You're you're, you're all over the place and it's not working. These, this channel's not working, this channel's not working. You've been doing it for a year now and it's like people said it was gonna take off, it hasn't, why not? I think Joe's making a lot of sense right now. and And I'm looking at some of my channels and I'm like, hey, if you follow me on Instagram, next week I may be gone. <laughs> Just as a because it's not my strong one, it, it really yep. isn't. Um, Facebook, I agree. I it's it's personal, it's it, you know, yep. that's that's where I'll post personal stuff, but business stuff. I know when I post my podcast on Facebook, there's like it's like crickets, man. And this yep. is like some hot, juicy topics, you know, that people really want this content, but it's just the wrong platform. So, all right, Joe, great job today. Really, you really showed up powerfully with those three. Um, let's go into my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. Uh, this is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each is just for fun. Don't overthink it. Are you ready, sir? Yeah. All right, here we go. What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Freedom. Freedom. What's your least favorite thing?
1: Uncertainty.
0: Yeah they go hand in hand what are you most afraid of
1: not making an impact on the world
0: yeah i got that and i believe we all struggle with something at any given moment of our life what are you currently struggling with either personally or professionally
1: it's still that releasing content moving the content faster yeah
0: yeah i got it what did you spend way too much time doing in your your first year in business.
1: <sighs> Marketing and branding. What a waste of time.
0: <laughs> was. On the wrong channels. <laughs> yeah,
1: just like over, oh, way overspend on the market like it was going to be a magic wand. It isn't. You have to put in the hours.
0: Yeah. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: Secret fear? hmm That they think I'm boring.
0: Got it. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business?
1: I don't want to repeat. I mean, the the, the marketing was, you know, getting it branded and logo in and all that. It really, really doesn't matter. You so think it does, but it really doesn't that.
0: Okay. What's a new habit you want to form?
1: Um, I, I'd want to start running a marathon a week.
0: Well, that's intense. You are an intense individual. Uh, what's a bad habit you want to break?
1: I don't eat very well.
0: Well, you're going to have to if you're going to run a marathon a week, my friend. And, uh... <laughs> Pick three words to describe who you are now
1: um, powerful, smart, impactful.
0: Got it. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in your business.
1: Uncertain. Confident. Doubtful.
0: Okay. And last question. Joe, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, give them only one piece of advice about life, eternity, everything, what would you say to them?
1: You have unique abilities. And if you don't know what they are, you must find them as soon as possible and start using them.
0: Startup Nation, find your superpower. All of us have a superpower, even you. Joe, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want Startup Nation to know about making their first 100K this year?
1: Um, You've you've got to do it your way. Like it it sounds cliched, but following somebody else's handbook isn't going to work. And you're probably trying to do that anyway, right? Um, I'm not saying don't get advice from people, but you have to find your own truth. However you're going to acquire those customers, however you're going to, whatever the offer is that you've got to them, you will know when you're in the groove and when you're out of the groove. You've got to trust your intuition. It's the only way that you're going to make it.
0: Trust your intuition, Startup Nation. Just trust it. It's there for a reason. Believe in it. So Joe, uh, what's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you? Do you have a gift for them? Something you want to tell them you're doing? What do you got?
1: Um, so they can go to the website, MindsetExperts.co.uk. They can connect with me on LinkedIn. And if they connect with me on LinkedIn, there is a strategy course that's coming out. um, Maybe by the time this airs, actually, if they say they've come through you guys, I'll give them it for free. So if they connect with me and say they come from um, this podcast, then
0: they can have it for free. Look at that startup nation, Joe Trodden giving away his awesome product to you. A first 100 K listener for free. Go get that. Now find him on LinkedIn, Joe, thank you for being on your first 100 K. I wish you God's love, peace and joy in your life. My friend. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks very much, Joseph. Startup nation. You cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to brokencatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.